I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Let's go! Good to win, most importantly. Good to get through. As I've said it before, in terms of you can be really well set up and well drilled, but when you have eliminators, it breaks down anything. Really happy with the results. Obviously a clean sheet and, a, and another strong home performance. We haven't done well enough in the cup competitions since I've come to the club, so we want to try and improve on that. First and foremost, we have to focus on trying to get a result against Hibs here first, and into the next round we go. We'll be ready when that comes around. Comes around. The Goal Radio Football Show With OPC Energy Limited Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi Call now and voice your opinion 0808 1717 700 Let's go, 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 go. Monday, Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi has the chocolate been getting a hammering, Barry, in your household over the past 24 hours? Yeah, to be fair, I ate two Easter eggs yesterday. Um, a galaxy and a, a cream egg one. Uh, cream egg one's my favourite, if I'm being honest with you. So, yeah, put a couple of pounds on since yesterday. And then watch the football over the weekend. Mark, yeah. you're on. The girls as well. They'll be back soon. Your daughter's uh, playing uh, football. Good Easter with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brownie with the, the homemade... Uh, daughter number two was making the, the homemade chocolate brownies. So I was whiling at them. I've not opened any <laughs> Easter eggs. No? Yeah, Good Paul, I've got a... Gal- uh, what is it? A... Uh, a Cadbury's nope. caramel. We don't have to plug the bread. What about you? Yeah. Easter eggs? Yeah, I have Galaxy succumbed Cam- already. Yep. Caramel. Okay. Galaxy, Cam- <laughs> On the football, and well, we could have guessed it came sooner than we thought. We talked about May the 22nd. Would it be Celtic Rangers in the cup final? No. It's April the 17th. It's Rangers against Celtic in the fourth round. Barry, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, look, I... Uh, I know we spoke about it last week I would have liked to have yeah. seen it as the final but you've got to be respectful there's there's obviously other clubs um, done well to get into the fourth round draw but listen it is what it is Rangers and Celtic have been drawn and it's a, a game you've got to look forward to um, listen it's Rangers are want to go and try and do the double and Celtic have had a disappointing season they'll want to try and get to the Scottish Cup um, back to Celtic part so it's a game listen um, really looking forward to um, and we'll see what happens Mark as you know Dominic Mackay takes over as Celtic CEO it will be announced tomorrow morning that it's actually happening now it's going to the Stock Exchange three months earlier than planned will his first act be to unveil Eddie Howe as the new coach but still waiting to hear I certainly want that to be his first act um, Paul but we, we've always been aware and we've said in this programme many times in the past few weeks that uh, Eddie Howe is on the radar of, of, of Crystal Palace Crystal Palace perhaps uh, set to formalise a partner of the ways with um, Roy Hodgson which has always been on the cards um, so Crystal Palace by all accounts Paul have had a young English manager on their radar you mentioned Stephen Gerrard on the radar mm-hmm. here three four weeks ago which is true he, yep. he's a name in the frame Eddie Howe is a name in the frame Frank Lampard is a name um, in the frame Sean Dice is a name in the frame as well that possibly will try to tempt him away from Burnley so as we've always said in any job Paul until it's signed and sealed 
you can never take anything for granted and Celtic might just have a fight in their hands with Eddie Howe now well what do you think 0808 17 17 700 and Barry what a dream debut it was his first it was his full debut for Scott Wright he's played seven times but that was his first full game man of the match for Rangers as they progressed in the cup yeah I've certainly been impressed with him Paul um, since he's come um, come in from Aberdeen um, it's been Camu appearances 10-15 minutes here and there um, his first start uh, I know a lot of people say it's only Cove Rangers but Paul Hartley's got a decent team there and I thought Scott Wright uh, done ever so well yesterday looked bright he looked um, he looked dangerous uh, and he's clearly eager to impress the manager because um, I, I think it's a good bit of business um, from Stephen Gerrard bringing him in the January window it, it gets him settled in for that three four month period and next season's going to be a big season for him but certainly I think he's got potential to become a starter for Rangers that's for sure and back it certainly wasn't his debut Mark but it's his first full game for a long time uh, Kennedy at Celtic was talking about uh, James Forrest and said he was man of the match for him he was superb I, I really uh, thought that James Forrest lit the Celtic team up and um, you could see what Celtic had been missing for the past um, seven or eight months. He was he was terrific, and also for Scotland as well. He's nice and fresh. He's hungry. He's experienced. Even just again, you know, he's a wide player, but just the way he comes inside Barry mm-hmm. as well. He drags defenders all over the place, takes them into areas they don't want to go to. He is a top player. Uh, he could be uh, a potential match winner in the old Firm Cup tie for sure, and it also should be for me, Paul, one hundred percent in the Scotland squad for the Euros. Barry was talking about uh, Kennedy, even be- sorry, uh, Forrest, even before we realised how good he was right at the beginning of the season when he was getting stick, but he was out injured and you said to Celtic fans, you're going to miss him. Paul, I've always yeah. liked him. Um, I think he's a, he's a top player. Um, end of story for me. Yeah. When he's not playing at the top of his game, one thing you get from James Forrest is he's a real team player and he works hard for the team. But I think... Um, Celtic fans over the last three or four months with James Forrest been out injured now I appreciate how good a player he is um, and I watched the game against Falkirk and you can see he's just de- he's desperate to be back and he looked really fresh um, and he'll make a big difference uh, to that Celtic team Here's a Celtic fan on the line 08 08 17 17 700 on Go Radio the football show with OPC Energy Limited and we're on the socials at Go Football Show Simon's on the line in Shawlands Hi Simon Hi, how are you doing? Uh, we're good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Enjoying the sunshine. I was expecting snow, but sunshine's better than that, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It's cold, but uh, Barry, you had your run today? Are you out for... No, I had a walk. I've walk. got good a, walk. a sore yep. knee now. I had a sore right. calf a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just getting old, Paul. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> 43. <laughs> Simon, uh, what about this weekend? You've been waiting to hear about Eddie Howe, but uh, no words so far. What are you thinking on that? I think the Eddie Howe appointment's one that probably is best waiting for. Uh, I, I think it's best he starts after the season comes to an end. I don't see any benefit of him really getting in, um, getting some. I suppose taking some games would be a benefit, but overall, I think you know this isn't his mess to inherit. And um, but the sooner the announcement comes in, the better, because I think that the sooner that announcement comes in, it would just give a bit of a lift. And it's been a really drab season, and there's not really been anything to shout about for a long time so um, I think you know this. if we get an announcement if it's a double announcement 
this week of how and Mackay, then I think that's only going to be a good thing, surely. Because mm. it's really difficult, Mark, isn't it? For John Kennedy, you feel for him, it's yeah. tough. You know, he's talking about the game, he's talking about his position. In fact, this was him questioned after the win at the weekend. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, there's obviously a lot of talk in the media and everywhere else. You know, I've been involved in conversations, just keeping things up to date and where we're at and everything else. But this week, I've not, I've not spoke to anyone on it. Again, it's been quite a busy week as well. So, But the club will just do their business behind the scenes in terms of how we've, we've done, in terms of the squad's at. You know, I've been really delighted with them, can get an opportunity to come in and, and lead them and, and the work we've done in that kind of just over a month now has been, been really good. The players have responded really well and then tonight it was, it was good again. So I've enjoyed it. You know, it's been good. The club will make the, the decision. I'll do what's right for the club and right for the players and everyone else and we'll just have to monitor that as we go. One thing I would say about John Kennedy, uh, Paul, I think he's represented the football club very, very well. Um, I don't think the job is right from just now. I think he's a, he's a manager of Celtic further down the line. I think he has to go away um, now and go and try something um, elsewhere put himself on the market but Simon says uh, there that um, he doesn't see any benefit in, in, in Eddie Howe coming in just now I, I, you know I'm the exact opposite of that he's got to start yesterday there's a massive job to get done and uh, as, as Barry will know if you can go on the training pitch with your players get a feel for the club get a feel for the supporters get a feel for the city know what you need to bring in you might find one or two gems that you haven't been tipped off about you might be able to get some you know click and really hit a, a bit of chemistry with one or two of your players so you've got to get in um, just now that's why he's getting paid 50 grand a week or will be getting paid 50 grand a week he's not going to get paid that money to be sitting in the sideline to, to, the, to the middle of May to assess things he needs to get in get his sleeves rolled up and go on with it but I'll repeat can't take it for granted that he's going to be the next Celtic manager, Paul. There's a wee bit of work to be done. Simon, what would you say to what Mark is saying on it before we hear from Barry? What would you say to that? No, I, I definitely appreciate what he's saying. I think, yeah. you know, the point I'm making is that I just don't think that it, it could go well. It could come in, it could hit the ground running, it could be really, really good. But that momentum could also be lost if he comes in the job tomorrow morning and then he gets put out of the cup, the Rangers, he loses the next old firm again and more points are dropped because he's inheriting a squad that are lacking confidence as much as they might get a boost when mm. a new manager comes in some players might already have had their mind made up they might already want to be away they might be speaking to their agents speaking to their clubs mm. so I just don't think it's necessary to have him in right now sure if, he's, if he knows he's going to be taking the job he could be working in the background with Dominic McKay he could be looking at players looking at options but in terms of taking over the team I'd be comfortable with Kennedy just seeing out the season because as much as I'd love to see Celtic gone and win the, the Scottish Cup and Scott Brown's final game to be lifting a trophy for Celtic. Um, I just I wouldn't want to rush how into this. Barry, I, I think it's important that they they get the man in as quickly as possible. Look, let John Kennedy go and do what he's doing, but he needs to get in whether it's Eddie Howe or another manager to assess the squad and identify where he needs to strengthen. Um, obviously, there's there's key players as well. And into the final 12 months of their, their contract he needs to know whether they want to stay or want to go it looks to me that they, they want to go because they've not been signing uh, extensions on their contract like say Ayer, Edward, um, Ryan Christie so I think it's important that the manager gets in quickly and, and gets a feel, a real feeling for the club um, and the most important thing is number one at any club is recruitment and there's a big recruitment drive needed at Celtic he might sell the dream to them, Mark, to the even some of the players. Are there some of them he'd want to keep? I think most people feel Edward, his time has come and gone. And money-wise, they need to sell him now. 
But yeah. do you think if you meet the new head coach and you hear what uh, he plans for Celtic, that some of them might turn into the players they were 12 months ago? Yeah, there's every chance, like, a, a, for example, a Ryan right. Christie might just say, well, I'll, I'll give it one more year. Yeah. I like this guy. There's something about him. I, I want to leave Celtic as as a winner. So I want to go and help win the, the, the title back. I suspect that won't be the case, but you know, there's a chance if you can just get you know get under his skin and really tell him uh, what your plans are. But look, if it's if it's to be Eddie Howe or somebody else, they've got to start on day one. Celtic have got a trophy to win. Um, you know, they, they don't want to finish the season uh, without any silverware. They've got a chance of of um, stopping Rangers doing a double. Rangers have got it all to play for uh, the chance to to win a, a double. Stephen Gerrard's not yet won a cup. So you know it's it's massive for him. He's not been to a cup final yet uh, at Hamden, so he's got to go and try and beat Celtic um, to achieve that. But um, I think the sooner Celtic um, have their manager in place uh, and in terms of getting started, uh, the better for the club. Is this no worrying that obviously the news broke on Friday? Is this no worrying that there's still no yeah. out that the, the managers here? I'm sure the Celtic fans over the weekend would mm. be thinking, right, Monday. I know it's Easter Monday, but listen. We're looking at Monday and the, the, the new manager's going to be announced. That would be a worry for me that he's he's still not been confirmed. Simon, you'd be worried? Oh, I don't know if it's just one of those ones where they're waiting on Mackay to come in first to then yeah. announce it. So it's kind of his regime. I'm assuming if he's wanting to announce a marquee signing like Eddie Howe, yeah. I'm sure he would want his name to be on it and his picture alongside him. So I don't know if it is just waiting for something for that. But do you know what? I don't really care if it's yeah. now or in two weeks or at the end of the season. If we get the right person in uh, and the right setup in place for next season, that's the most important thing. This Scottish Cup, we didn't even know it was going to be going ahead a couple of months ago. So as long as we get next season and we get a house in order for then, then that's the main thing. I think they do have to make an announcement to the stock exchange as well, yeah. Mark, all, you know, about the manager's position. Yeah. It's such a key one in a football club. You obviously have to uh, speak about any directors changing, yeah. a chief executive, and I think the manager's position as well. What about the match against Rangers? How are you feeling about it, Simon? I know you've, it sounds as you've, you've kind of written off this season, but it still is that great trophy to go for, which Celtic have won, what, four years running? I, I'm actually quite confident about it. I think that obviously we've not had yeah. a win against Rangers this season, but the last two performances at Ibrox, we played well until the sending off, especially in the first half. But we weren't we weren't clinical. We didn't we didn't finish the game, but mm. we didn't get started in the game really. But and then the last game was a bit of a weird one because the league was wrapped up. Everything that had gone on midweek before it, it just didn't feel right. And obviously this game will be. You know, it'll be an absolute battle. They, they all are, but I think this one's going to have a bit more to it, especially the fact that it really is just knockout football at its finest. So I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's a chance for players to, to really give themselves that chance of redeeming a bit of respect back from the fans. Mm-hmm. But it's a great description, isn't it? Knockout football at its best. It is, and it's yeah. a great trophy. Look, it's won at the start of pre-season. Mm-hmm. When you, you come in the very first day, you have your team meeting and listen... The leagues are bread and butter, but the next one's the Scottish Cup. It's a fantastic trophy to play for. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Listen, just a bit disappointed. It's a bit early in the fourth round. Yep. It'd have been great to see it as a semi-final or a, a final. But listen, it's a great occasion. And listen, as, as Simon just mentioned there, it's knockout, knockout football. And it's going to be a right ding-dong of a game. I think Celtic will come and, and go for it. And I firmly believe Rangers will do the same. Simon, so, mean, more you, pressure yeah. on Rangers mm-hmm. to win. I, I think you know yeah. because of the the circumstances that Celtic find more themselves. Pressure. Yeah, yeah, I think there's more pressure yeah. on Rangers to win the cup tie. Paul, really, for yeah. sure. Yeah, home game. 
Going for the double Like I say Stephen Gerrard Won the league at a canter this season Deservedly so But you could tell on it In his interviews yesterday Pre-match and post-match The Cove Rangers game That he's desperate to win a cup He's desperate to get to a cup final So for me Celtic It's it's almost like a free hit for Celtic Because of the circumstances of this season Yeah he did mention yesterday it's, he, He's had real disappointment In the Scottish mm. Cup In the League Cup You need to see the, the game against St Mern. Um it was an ideal opportunity for Rangers to get that first trophy in the League Cup obviously St Mern deserved to win in, uh, at the end of the night um, but there is pressure on Rangers now they've, they've done the league this year they need to go into the game and it's a real opportunity to get the double but listen Celtic again they've been disappointing they're used to winning trophies they'll come to Ibrooks uh, and go for it for me Simon, a clean sweep is what uh, Rangers could have if they win that one and they could go all season without uh, losing a game. But for your team, what did you think of Lee Griffiths the other night? Didn't get a goal, came close early on. What, did, what was your take on the Celtic striker? I think I was a bit shocked to see him starting, if I'm honest. I mm. think you've got a striker that comes with a price tag and the expectation of a Yeti whose chances have been far and few between. Mm-hmm. I think Griffiths starting, probably a bit of Kennedy helping out Griffiths who could get a chance in the Scotland squad I think if Scotland aren't playing in the Euros in June Griffiths doesn't start that game but he did look at, <laughs> I think he was a bit let down by the, the rest of the lineup because the, there was three number 10s playing and if Griffiths is up top by himself you want to stretch the pitch and create space for him and yeah. we didn't really do that so I think he was kind of um, let down from the start but I just didn't think it worked overall he, it looked a bit off the pace. I don't think it, the lineups mm. and the, the tactics worked out for him. So I think that's one of the ones that Eddie Howe, or however it is yep. that comes in, is probably going to have to take quite a long hard look at. If he's still there. Barry, what did you think, Lee Griffiths? It's a hard one for Lee Griffiths. Look, there's no doubt he was rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, look, you can go and do all the training and all the finishing exercises. You can work double sessions every day. You need to play games of football. And sadly for Lee Griffiths, he's not played enough, and it was it, it was shown um, against Falkirk. Look, the good thing about Lee Griffiths, he still finds himself in their positions. I think of a a hundred percent sharp Lee Griffiths, he finishes him. He, he comes out with two or three goals. And but he'd be more confident. I, but I understand from yeah. a player's point of view. I know what it's like myself when you're out injured for three months. You come back. Mm. It takes you three, four, five games to get up to a level. And sadly for Lee Griffiths, he's not playing enough football and it comes down to Mark's sharpness and that's what he's suffering from. Simon, thanks very much for calling Go Radio. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi and uh, Paul Cooney. I said that at the beginning, didn't I? I can't quite believe the traffic and travel yet, nothing. Just checking there, Mark, to see what's happening. What car's Barry in today? Is that the... Uh... Well, I, think, I think he's got the undergardener's roller today. <laughs> Barry, no, I love that traffic. What was that? There's nothing happened. <laughs> Everything's fine. Don't worry. I love that. It's the old gag as well. If you're driving, take the car with you. <laughs> no, it's all quiet. Barry, though, not so funny because on Friday we were saying congratulations, Kelty Hearts. You're the champions. You're going to be playing Broader Rangers, who have been declared champions in the Highland League. You play them two weeks on Saturday, but still no word. You are not allowed to train yet. You've put me in a bad mood, Paul, when we're bringing, yeah. bringing that up. Yeah, still no word, which um, is really frustrating, if I, I'm being honest with you. Uh, we've asked since last Tuesday night uh, for permission to get back training and we're still waiting on a, a response. So 
that's us going into a full week uh, tomorrow um, and obviously we need to get the players tested before we're allowed back on the training ground and once you go and get tested it takes 24 hours for that to come back so it looks to me if it's going to be another wasted week it's frustrating for mm. my players because um, obviously the, the Lowland League have done their thing with declaring as champions now we just want clarification on when are we going to get back training we're ready to go we're ready to press the button we just need to go ahead Mark it's unbelievable isn't it Broader Rangers played at the weekend and they came so close yeah. to going through in the cup but they went out after extra time 3-1 at home to Stranraer and it's not their yeah. fault but at least they have been playing until now but where are the Blazers where, where is somebody at the SFA yeah. or the SPFL sorting this out No, we, we, we spoke about it um, at length on Friday and, and, and we didn't miss uh, the powers that be because this is Scottish football uh, we're talking about this is um, there's a promotion riding on this and, and, and potentially a, a relegation for, for one of the League 2 clubs and uh, it's important it's uh, an important part of Scottish football's makeup, and it shouldn't just be put into the the bottom of the pile on the entry now whether it's SPFL or the SFA they both work in the, the same building um, they're both in dialogue and for one of our teams to be ignored in Paul which is what they are being they're just being ignored uh, they've been treated very very poorly in fact I think the treatment is shameful and there's people in high places that should be ashamed of themselves and I just can't. I actually can't believe that 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 they've not been given the go ahead to go and train. Bearing in mind the investment that that football club has put in, bearing in mind what happened to them last season, and you, you you know you wonder just what's going on. But to be ignored that way is absolutely not acceptable. Yeah, we're we're an SFA member club. We're just wanting an update. We're just wanting somebody to just give us that green light to say, right, you can go and get tested. As I says, we've been waiting since last Tuesday night. What's um, your owner saying about it? The, the he's frustrated. I feel from. I'll be honest with you. I feel for the the general manager Dean, and I, I feel for the board as well. Barry, um, how much have they spent? Do you reckon the last year or two? Look, I, I would be lying if I, I told you in terms of the facility. The facility's brilliant. I'll be honest with you. Um, they've put a lot of hard work. Um, Hundreds of thousands. Yeah, they've put a lot of hard work, Paul, into it, it, bringing it up um, to a yep. standard which can compete easily at, at League One. Um, so I, I feel for yep. them, but also I feel for the most important people, and that, that's my players. I've got eighteen players who I've not, I've not seen since uh, January ninth. You know. Look, all these guys work but listen football um, brings a lot of happiness to them um, and they're missing it and they're just wanting again they're looking for me to give them an update where yeah. I can't so again I put on the, the group chat today that I'm trying my best the club are trying their best we just need a bit of communication let's be honest that, that that's the disappointing leadership yeah yep. that's the dis- leadership disappointing thing for my side is the lack of communication and I just feel clubs like Kelty Hearts Prora and I'll go and I'll mention East Kilbride Bonnie Rigg mm. still in BSC I just think we're looked upon as smaller clubs we don't really care about you and that's the way I feel I feel strongly about it and it's disappointing people are beginning to question the authorities listen to Brian Rice at the weekend we'll go into it in a wee while but he said that Hamilton are kind of ignored people don't care it's only Aki's you know they lost the decision about a penalty I mean may or may not have been most people thought it was they didn't get it and he wasn't happy at all we'll come back to that later let's go back onto the lines Stefan's on the line Celtic fan from the Gorbals and host of the De Stefano Talks podcast Stefan good evening Hello, Stefan. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Yep. How are you? 
How's it going? Yeah, I'm not too bad, Paul. Good. How are you? Yeah, good. Are you a De Stefano or Di Stefano? Di Stefano. Di Stefano. What a player before our time, but uh, he, oh, he was he was some player, wasn't he? Real Madrid, one of their finest. Yep. Yeah, he was one of one of the very best. Um, and you know, when I was younger, my my friends would call me Di Stefano when we were playing football, and I, I think it just stuck. So wow. Yeah. So where did you go? Did you end up then with Arsenal, Chelsea? Celtic, Rangers, where, where did you end up, Stefan? <laughs> no, nowhere, anywhere near that at all. Um, I, I think the best I did was the school team. <laughs> a good man. Snap. Right, Stefan, so what are you thinking then? We've been talking about Eddie Howe and who's going to take over at Celtic. Uh, any news from you? Uh, no, not, not really any news from me. I just have seen the rumours about Eddie Howe possibly being the next Celtic manager. Um, and the reason I, you know, I wanted to come on, because I've seen a tweet earlier on um, where someone said that Roy Keane would be a better option because it would be more box office. Um, and I, I just think it's important to say that if you're, if you're a football fan and you're looking for a managerial appointment to come into your club, for me, you're not looking for box office. You're looking for someone with managerial ability um, and so much so Roy Keane hasn't got the sort of he's not been in a club managerial role in, in about a decade I know what he's done with uh, Ireland and Martin O'Neill but if, if it's me I'm, I'm looking at a guy like Eddie Howe because I think that's a forward thinking progressive appointment um, and people will say well what, what has he won well his aim at Bournemouth you know taking them from League 1 to the Premier League and then keeping them up consistently for a good number of years and you know, that's enough for me. Um, no one spoke of when Brendan Rodgers came in about how, what he had won as a manager. People just respected, you know, what he had done and, and where he had been and, and how he came through the game. And I think it's the same for me with Eddie Howe. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to say that I'd be, you know, really pleased with that calibre of appointment. I, I know some looked down on it, but for me, I think it, it would be a really, really great appointment. Barry? Well, listen, um, what he done at Bournemouth I thought was excellent. You just need to look at the size of the club. Um, they are bring them for League One and keep them in the, the Premier League. That's an achievement in itself with the, with the size of the budget. Now, I know the, the money in terms of TVs a lot bigger down in the, the English Premier League, but I thought it was a great achievement. The only mark against them is getting relegated last season, which was a, a major disappointment for them. But I think overall... If you look at the way he went about his business, the way he speaks, he handles himself, the way his team's played, I think yeah, I think he would suit and I think he could handle the, the Celtic manager's job, which, again, he'll come up against something that he's never, mm-hmm. never, ever come up against in his life with the amount of pressure and the, the amount of spotlight and media um, will be on him. Um, but listen, for me, I... I I think he's a, I enjoy listening to him he knows the game inside out there's no doubt about that so I, I think it would be a good appointment only worrying thing for me from a, a Celtic supporters um, perspective is why has he not been announced what, 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 yeah. what, what is the wait mm-hmm. um, so I would be worried the terms have been agreed Celtic did say at the end of last week he is the he's the number one candidate we're just waiting to hear Mark yeah, and there's maybe just one or two wee things possibly to buy and out with the, the full makeup of the of the backroom staff and other key uh, positions. I, I would say it's eighty percent, Paul, that, that, that Eddie Howe will be announced officially this week. But as long as that twenty percent um, niggle, then you've got to wait and see. In terms of Stefan's points, I think they're all good. They're, they're all valid. I think if you look realistically at who Celtic could have got in uh, on a permanent basis to replace. Neil Lennon I think Eddie Howe is, is, is good 
is what they were going to get. I mean, if you could have got a David Moyes or a Roberto Martinez or a Rafa Benitez, then you know that that's any of the three of them are sensational appointments. But I don't think it was ever um, realistic. So Eddie Howe's there. The point that Barry makes is spot on. I said it on Friday night. The only reservation I've got in terms of how he handles everything away from the 90 minutes in the football pitches where he's at home. Eddie Howe loves the 90 minutes. He loves being on the grass for the players. But it's uh, the scrutiny, the media, the demands of the supporters. Um, you know, and, and, and as you know as well, Paul, and Barry knows been Captain Rangers, Captain Scotland, the media demands are something else mm-hmm. up here. You know, with the greatest respect, Eddie Howe, even when he's in the Premiership with Bournemouth, he'd have had to deal with the Bournemouth bugle two or three times a week and a couple of interviews and that's it but here it's a different ball game it's four or five uh, in your face media conferences wanting to know every detail of the job they want to know everything everybody wants to know the business of the club and that's something that you'll need to get used to very quickly because if you don't that could absolutely sink you in the job but if he wants to be a top, top manager, surely he's looking at what Stephen Gerrard's doing at Rangers and what Brendan Rodgers did at Celtic. I look, I look back two or three years ago, he was linked with Arsenal yeah. with the job he was initially doing at Bournemouth. It was just disappointing that his final season there. But look, there's no doubt he's a good manager. He's a top manager. Um, and I, I totally see why um, Celtic want him because the way that his team's played as well, if you go back and think of the way that his Bournemouth teams went about their business they were a good footballing team um, so look and he the, kept them up for such a the, long the time only thing you, the only thing that you can't question you'll need to question is can he handle the pressure because yeah. as I said in the west of Scotland when you're at Rangers and Celtic it's it's 24-7 yep. you don't get a break um, so that's the only thing that might go against um, Eddie Howe because we don't know what type of character he is Stephen Gerrard was asked about it and he said, well, it's a possibility at the moment. Let, let's see what he had to say. I, th- I think ask me that question if and when that happens. Uh, I think there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of names uh, banded around over the last couple of weeks and months that I'm aware of, but I haven't really took much notice of it. You know, for me, obviously, it's important I keep doing my job here, but whoever they decide to, to pick and choose and as and when that happens, uh, I look forward to the challenge and the battle moving forward. Could be some battle only up here. We ask, the, uh, you know, the opposing manager about what might happen. They they come that Eddie Howe. He's managed by the overall agency, the same as uh, who manages Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, they're the same yeah. stable. Same uh, stable. Uh, Paul, yeah. same stable. You know, different individual a- agents by by all accounts, but they certainly come from uh, from uh, the same um, stable. So yeah, look, it, it could be interesting. As it does for I think for us for the media I think it, it's box off with somebody like, like Eddie Howe I mean Roy Keane would take it to a different stratosphere I think in terms of media box office but if I think if you're just assessing it as a footballing appointment I think Eddie Howe as I said is as is, is as good as Celtic could could get who would Rangers rather see in there and you know what I'm saying they would yeah. prefer that who who do you think they would prefer Roy Keane <sighs> well, or or Eddie could, Howe because they're, they're totally different yeah totally, totally different, different. of course yeah. totally different and um yeah. Oh, do you know it's a great question I mean, it's that question that people say who would you play up front well uh-huh. even when Morelos wasn't maybe playing as well people always you always look to see if Morelos is playing against you yeah see, see for me box office is yeah. Stephen Gerrard and Roy Keane Aye. yeah mm-hmm. let's not be yeah. about the bush here they, they two at the sidelines Aye. going against each other would have been brilliant yeah. um, you pay, you'd pay pay yeah. per view for that wouldn't you yeah. and and that's you, a pay per view listen yeah. to the way Roy Keane interviews as well Aye. he's just straight to the point Aye. Um, and Eddie Howe goes about it 
in a, in a different way. That's just his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's look, you, you you listen to people. I've seen plenty of interviews with ex-players that have, have worked under Eddie Howe, and every single player says he's a top coach. And I think that's what Celtic are looking for. And tough as well, I think, Mark. You know, on the training field and, and in the dressing room. Oh, I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah, big big demands. And you, you don't take Bournemouth. From second bottom of uh, of League Two, yep. uh, three promotions to take him in the Premier League and keep them there for three years. So, um, yeah, he's 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 he's, uh, he's dedicated, you know, and uh, he puts uh, he puts demands on his players, and he, and he and he likes that if you want to call it that traditional Celtic style of football mm-hmm. on the front foot, attacking, passing. Football, and um, you know it, it could be quite exciting. It'll be a great season, Stefan. If whoever the manager is, who would he be building the team around? Who for you have been the success stories this season? I think for me it's got to be David Turnbull. Uh, you know, he's done absolutely sensational since he came in. I think he was unlucky not to get a Scotland call up. Um, so for him, you know, he's he's got a great young player there, um, one that will go to the very top. And I think I think he has to. I think it's imperative that he builds a you know builds around David Turnbull because he he honestly he's just he's sensational to watch from a footballing point of view, just tremendous. We've said that all along, haven't yeah, you, Barry? Listen, yeah. I'm a, a massive admirer of, of David Turnbull. I really liked him when he was at Muddle. Um, Disappointed for the young lad when when he obviously went and done his his medical um, mm. at Celtic had to go and get his operation but that shows you the, the type of mentality the the young man's got he had a, a knock back there he went away get the operation worked hard and got his move again mm. he's listen he's for me he's just going to keep getting better and better um, but there's there's two players there for me that I think the next manager whoever it is comes in they've got to be certainly building the team round about them it's David Turnbull and James Forrest mm. I don't think James Forrest gets um, enough credit for me I really think now I mean even a couple of my mates who are, are Celtic fans they now appreciate how much or how good James Forrest is and how much Celtic have missed him and Stefan can I ask you how do you feel about Scott Brown who'll be leaving in a matter of weeks you know maybe the cup final but in May he'll be gone what do you feel about that? You know um, it's a good point that you bring up um, and I think the, the Scottish Cup Forum this season for, for Celtic but for Scott Brown will will be so important because it's the all they've got sort of left to, to win this season but in terms of how I feel about Scott Brown leaving he's been a, a fantastic captain uh, at the club for the past decade you know he came in in 2007 he's just been a, a great player for Celtic and it'll be really sad to see him go however I do think the time is right that, that he does go you know uh he, the objective was to get 10 in a row. They couldn't do it. I think a sort of fresh idea is needed. And, uh, you know, he, he may feel the same that with a new manager coming in, he, he might just want to leave it to him. So for him, you know, to take the, the player coach role at Aberdeen, you know, best of luck to him. He's been great for Celtic. And I'll, I'll put my hat on it and say it won't be the last time uh, we see him, you know, at Celtic. He'll, he'll be back in some capacity, I would expect. Yep, I think a lot of people would agree with that, Mark Weedy. Yeah, I, I think Scott Brown will have a unfinished business um, at Celtic. I, I wouldn't agree with, with with Stefan, and I don't agree with him. Only thinks that the time is uh, is right. I think that's, that that Scott Brown would still have had a massive role to play for Celtic in the next uh, twelve months. And as I said, that I think um, it was a wrong call not to have his contract uh, sorted this time last year. Um, so um, the uncertainty at the club has played a part in Scott Brown deciding to leave for Aberdeen, and he will be a massive miss 
to the new manager whether that's Eddie Howe or, or anybody else Stefan good call from the De Stefano podcast and my memory I haven't googled this when he retired at Real Madrid it was Celtic he asked for it was 1967 just after they won the European Cup is that right Stefan and they wanted Jimmy Johnson and the team to be there they played in the Bernabeu so I've heard that I heard that story a lot yep. of people have brought that up to me um, I've yet to yep. fact check it but I mean that's just brilliant it's true you heard it on Go First thank you <laughs> <laughs> The Go Radio Football Show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 <laughs> <laughs> Polkin with Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi uh, the Cup at the weekend I'm just looking at it all So it started didn't it Friday night It was Inverness Cali Thistle Who won the derby Up there in the Highlands Against Ross County Is that a shock? Probably not But Neil McCann Has got them going now Aberdeen a one goal victory At Dumbarton Callum Henry But they left it late In the match at lunchtime On Saturday Clyde winning at Air United Stranraer as you know Against Brora Two minutes to go Brora were one up And then it went to 1-1 And Stranraer winning An extra time And St Johnson winning At Dundee Guy Melamed The scorer there Dundee United 2-1 against Partick Thistle Bit of controversy Late goals for Dundee United The Jags thought That they should have Had justice Should have had a penalty Morton winning 2-1 at East Fife after extra time. Four for an Edinburgh was 2-2. It was uh, the Station Park team who won 5-3 in penalties. Motherwell 5-0 for Martin up there in the northeast. Fraserburgh losing 4-2 at home to Montrose. And St Mirren 3-0 at Hamilton Erkies. That's the one that was controversial. Brian Rice unhappy with the refereeing decisions. Livy win 2-1 against Wraith Rovers after extra time. And Kilmarnock 4-0 at Stenhouse Muir. The headline there was uh, it's Lafferty hat-trick. Celtic 3-0 against Falkirk. And Rangers 4-0 against Cove Rangers. A double for Kemar Ruth. Nathan Patterson scoring. The manager was speaking about him afterwards. And the first goal, well, Jermaine Derfoe. What a great player he is, but we know that. Here's Stephen Gerrard speaking about his fullback and also the man he signed from Aberdeen uh, in January Nathan's growing and growing game by game it's a shame that going to miss games moving forward I'm not too happy over that and I don't think Steve Clark will be very happy over that as well because unfortunately he's going to have a big ban now but he's growing we're delighted with him we need to keep working with him in terms of his development and we will do Scott Wright I thought was really energetic showed quality throughout the game um, you can see clearly where he can go to the next level in terms of his last bit final pass and getting shots off more power in his shooting but considering it was his first start I thought it was a really strong performance from Scott as well Mark can I ask you first of all Nathan Patterson how good we saw Alan Hutton on the telly last night yeah. is he as good now as uh, Alan Hutton was at that age coming through uh, well, Alan Hutton 12-13 years ago I remember he was outstanding uh, Champions League games against Barcelona mm-hmm. Alan Hutton I would say uh, at the moment considering the key, the career that Alan went on to have I'd have to say that Alan Hutton uh, is superior at the moment in terms of, of that age but there's no doubt Nathan Patterson has it all in front of him and the key part of that for me Paul it's, it's almost as if Stephen Gerrard is, is saying that Actually, Steve Clark wants Nathan Patterson in his Euro squad. That for me, that's a line I take out of that. Steve Clark wants Nathan Patterson in his Euro squad. I can understand that. Is that fair though? It's what we would all want. The young player, we don't want him to miss it. But uh, the trouble is, the COVID thing was broken. Yeah. But it, it, he's saying it's too much, isn't it? The, the bans are, are are too severe. Well, it's it's up. The, the, the Rangers have, have appealed uh, the process, mm-hmm. so they'll need to. Um, to wait and see and um, you know when these decisions are being made in terms of the, the off the part issues and the, the, the panel that are, that are uh, made to uh, come up with these bans Paul they, they don't <laughs> they don't take Steve Clark's feelings into account uh-huh. uh, they, but that said um, 
if if Steve Clark wants a boy there and he thinks he's good enough, then I'd I'd, I'd love to see him involved because we're not we're not blessed with great options in the right back area. Mm-hmm. Barry, I remember you saying at the time you, know, you have to give people a second chance, and you were absolutely right in Nathan Patterson's case. What do you think about what he was saying about the ban being it's too much and Scotland are going to lose out? Yeah, it was interesting listening to Stephen Gerrard speak there again. What Mark just mentioned it, it tells me that Steve Clark really likes him. I, I'm not surprised. I think he's got huge potential um, since he's come in to the Rangers team since Tavernier's been out injured. I think he's he's handled every single game really well. Um, he's getting better and better. He's maturing, um, and as if you look at the Scotland squad, it is one area were probably weak and you've got Stephen O'Donnell who's played you've got Palmer Sheffield United and that's it really um, I know Ryan Fraser played there against the Pharaohs that's not his position for me I prefer him further forward and you've got James Forrest and Nathan Patterson um, I thought he would have had a chance he'd been in the squad I'm not saying he come in to play I think it's great for younger players like say Nathan Patterson and David Turnbull to get in and getting used to the surroundings and, and training with the international team um, but I, I, I do honestly believe in the future he could become Rangers um, number one fullback and Scotland's number one fullback Could he be as good as Alan Hutton? That's a hard one. I played with Hutz. Listen, I know. the yep. six-month period before Alan Hutton went to Tottenham mm-hmm. Hotspur, he was unplayable. Was he? he was yep. brilliant. Uh, he was like a, a an absolute machine. Um, and he's went on and had a, a great, fantastic career at Tottenham and Aston Villa. Um, Nathan Patterson certainly got the potential to be as good. Um, but he needs to go and play 50 games, 75 games, 100 games before I could put him in the, the same bracket okay. as Alan Hutton. But certainly there's no doubt in my mind if he keeps progressing the way he is, he's got every chance of being as good as Alan Hutton. Here's a bit more from the manager. I know Steve rates him. It's, you know, we've had a discussion over Nathan. He's based onto the scene and he, you know, he's played against top individuals and he's played in top games and you can see that there's a talent and potential there. And in time, it's only a matter of time before he becomes an international. Of course it is. That's not putting any pressure on the player. But them decisions are down to, to Steve and whoever manages Scotland moving forward. And on the COVID ban? Uh, it's something that we're still discussing at the moment. We're obviously um, in talks with the SFA for, for another date. The reason being is the obvious reason is we think it's harsh in terms of what went on on the night. I think everyone assumes because of what happened to Jordan Jones and George Edmondson that everything's the same, which isn't the case. So we think it's um, a little bit out of sync. We don't think everything's been taken into consideration when you're talking about the boys in terms of age and uh, how damaging it can be for them and their careers moving forward now. Talking about one of the brightest prospects ever uh, in terms of right back. Th- this kid's going to go and play for Scotland and all of a sudden you know, the SFA want to ban him for that long. I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. Barry, Mark, it's hard to second guess the SFA. What do you think? Well, the, the SFA have, have got to give a punishment that, that, that fits the crime, Paul. Mm. And, and, and Stephen Gerrard is right. You know, it can't be a one size fits all every time the COVID regulations and guidelines are broken. So, again, it sounds like Rangers and, and maybe the, the, the legal team or maybe just want to hammer home a couple of key points that might differentiate between what actually happened with Edmondson and Jones. And he said, you know, they're, they're right, you know, the, the age comes into account. Where you could counter that is, well, actually, they sat in a dressing room and watched their two teammates, you know, six months ago break the rules. You know, they, they, were, they were aware of the potential um, consequences. But I think, you know, bearing in mind that, that, that they are 
young boys I'd, I'd like to see them get a second opportunity um, but never as you well know Paul never try and second guess the SFA No, we've been talking about that earlier on let's hear him talking about the match with Celtic because the cup is he's saying is now his priority it is uh, this cup as I said a few weeks back has it, it, become a priority now obviously with the league done and dusted we still want to see the league campaign out strong as we can we want to try and keep our level and that's my job to make sure that the players don't you know, start thinking they can be complacent or drop the level or the standards so we'll continue to do that but this club's a priority now we were happy with the home draw to come out and um, obviously it being Celtic now makes it even more interesting be a tough game tough challenge but one we're very much looking forward to Barry it's some domestic record the home record this year played 17 won 17 drawn nil obviously goals for 51 goals against 2 and they've got Celtic in the cup at home yeah, I think goals against has, has been key. That, that there's been a clear improvement um, from the Rangers team this year uh, defensively. There's there's no doubt. Um, Golson's been key to that, and the guy we spoke about last week on the show, Alan McGregor, um, he conceded two goals in 17 games. I think it's um, an unbelievable achievement. Um, listen, getting into the the draw, the fourth round draw, it's key. You want to get a home game, um, but you're playing against your biggest rivals and. And you know what, I'm looking forward to it. Ideally, as I said earlier on, I would have loved to have seen it as a semi-final or a final. It's not. Rangers are playing Celtic at, at Ibrooks. What an occasion it's going to be. And as I said, Celtic need to get their fans back on side. So they'll be coming to go and try and win the game. And Rangers, under Stephen Gerrard, as he's admitted, he's not had great joy in the Scottish Cup or League Cup. So he'll be desperate. And that's Rangers' full focus now on making sure... They get the double um, and they need to get past Celtic, which is going to be a tough game. It's going to be tasty, isn't it? It oh, really is. You know, a week on Saturday or Sunday, could well be Saturday. At the moment, it's the Saturday match, so probably be lunchtime. We'll, yeah, we'll find out yeah. tomorrow once the uh, Queen of the South Hibs tie. Uh, We've an outcome from that tonight, then uh, the TV companies will, will get together tomorrow and they'll announce um, a schedule uh, for it. But whether it's a Saturday, whether it's a Sunday, uh, it's going to be an absolute belter. I don't know. Personally, I can't get enough of uh, old firm games. I think they're yep. great. Mm, some Premier TV, isn't it? The, the Premier Scottish Sports, Cups, yeah. Premier, Sport. Premier Sports yep. will have first uh, choice. Then uh, uh, BBC, you know, Rob, Rob will probably yep. pitch up at Stranraer or somewhere like that. Well, the, the Wait, old firm games going on. He's as long as it doesn't no. cut out every time I watch Premier Sports, <laughs> it cuts out three or four times during Allegedly, the game. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Try and get a refund. I've put you yeah. in touch. <laughs> uh, Rob tonight's down at Queen of the South against Hibs, so that's yep. the final. Uh, I'm game, Paul. Yeah, 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 we'll get him on the next hour. Let's hear from the voice of he was covering everything at the weekend, wasn't he? Dumbarton against uh, Aberdeen that was a tough watch Barry wasn't it there wasn't, mm. it was I, I watched the game um, obviously for uh, my young nephew's, uh, nephew Lewis was, was playing it, it was a tough watch Look, mm. Aberdeen are struggling at this moment in time mm. um, I thought Dumbarton good, uh, gave a good account of herself um, but it was it was touch and go um, Dumbarton had a couple of chances and Aberdeen will be delighted just to get through that game they will indeed because goals is the problem for them but Callum Henry on loan and he got the goal for them yeah on loan from, from St Johnson uh, he got the goal and it now sets up Aberdeen uh, Livy Livy have won up at Pataudry in the league very comfortably earlier in the season um, Stephen Glass it probably will be his first game um, in charge in the cup a week uh, on Saturday I think that'll be one that'll probably go for uh, for TV um, as well Paul so that, that's a real cracking tie and I think for an Aberdeen and indeed United 
a Hibs, a St Mirren, Kilmarnock, the fact that the old firm are playing each other, it opens up, if you want to say, one half of the mm. draw, if you like, and uh, you're going to see one of those other clubs at Hamden in the final. And we'll, we'll, we'll get uh, the fans in, we'll find out. We're going to the news, and then we're back with Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, after this. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. The big two will be meeting in 12 days. Rangers Celtic the Scottish Cup in the fourth round because at the weekend, Celtic a three-goal victory over Falk. John Kennedy. First half, not so good. Loads of the ball, kind of kept control of, of Falkirk in, in terms of them giving us any sort of threat at our end. But we probably just a bit sloppy. We didn't have enough periods of possession in the final third. But I thought as the game progressed, you know, we were more patient, moving the ball quicker and creating more spaces in the Falkirk kind of defence. Then we started to show quality second half. And terrific goals were scored. Should have been more probably considering the chances and the, the, the play we had. But again, all importantly, getting through to the next round. Still no word on Eddie Howe. Is he going to be the new boss, the new CEO? It'll be announced tomorrow morning. He's coming three months early, Dominic Mackay. At Ibrox, Rangers are going to host Celtic then in 12 days' time. Stephen Gerrard speaking after the four-goal victory over Cove Rangers. Really professional. Thought our standards were really good today from start to finish. Got out the game what we wanted. You know, a real strong win. Clean sheet and um, a lot of positive performances. Would have liked a few more goals in the second half, but to be fair to the players, they kept uh, the pressure on. They kept asking questions. I suppose you've got to give Cove some credit for defending well and, you know, not lying down and, and, and not letting the scoreline go away from them, but... Really pleased with the showing that the lads gave today. Craig, your Rangers fan, is on the line in Cumbernauld. You're through to Barry and to Mark. Craig, good evening. Hi, Paul, Barry, Mark, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, we're all well. Uh, what about yourself? Are you enjoying uh, Easter Monday? Aye, aye, absolutely. I'm uh, you know, actually looking forward to watching Queen of the South Hibs tonight, you know, neutral fans, so yep. it's always good to watch a cup game. So much football um, just now, isn't there? And I see Nathan Dyke scored this afternoon for QPR. They lost at Forest, but it's good to see him score. That's two goals in two weeks, which uh, after a, a dearth of goals. But for you, you're thinking, I think, about uh, Nathan Patterson. Yeah, so obviously I'm a Rangers fan, but yeah. I do have sort of mixed feelings about it because I think that there's part of me that thinks, well, the SFA's problem with these things is there's not been a set, you know, guidance of this is the punishment if you break those. And I get there's obviously, you know, depends on circumstances. Um, but in some ways, they've made it all. Oh, we lost. Oh, Craig's just gone there. I think he's going to be back in a second or two. I'm doing the traffic and travel and I'm doing the desk here as well, <laughs> which is usually the kiss of, uh, I think Craig's back. Yep. All right, Craig. Yep, we were with you all the way there at the SFA. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I, I think um, because there's been a level of inconsistency with the length of bans, or you know, obviously, if there has been an actual ban or not, it's yeah. kind of making a rod for them back. And when you look at you know certain players who've been given immediate bans. Mm-hmm. You look at the Aberdeen, who, in my opinion, were never punished at all. They got an eight-match suspended ban till February, which is dependent on the fact as long as they didn't, you know, mm-hmm. breach rules again, they wouldn't serve a ban, and they haven't. So none of them have served a single-day ban for going out to a pub or a nightclub, whatever it was, um, at the start of the season. And I think if if you can do that and be given a suspended ban that you then don't serve, 
then in these circumstances, I don't see why you couldn't do the same. Now, I, I do think Nathan Patterson was stupid. I think all five of them mm-hmm. were stupid, especially after what happened to Jones and Edmondson. Yep. And I suppose that's where my mixed feelings come in, because mm-hmm. that's where I'd be critical of Rangers slightly as well. Because I think if we are going to come out and, and want consistency for the SFA, we have to show, you know, just because Nathan Patterson's talented, he shouldn't get any better treatment or more preferential treatment mm-hmm. than Jones and Edmondson did mm-hmm. by the club. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one. I think there's criticism on both sides, realistically. Mm-hmm. I think I agree. It's difficult. Nobody wants to see as lose Nathan Patterson, but he's almost saying it's a, it's a moral issue. Yeah, but in, in, in terms of Rangers can only do so much. See, when they drive out their gates of the mm-hmm. training ground, you've got to put the trust in them. Mm-hmm. Um, that I know they're in the bubble when they come into the training ground, but you've got to, you can only say so much. I mean, I, I know for a fact that the managers having two and three meetings about obviously the, the restrictions and, and making the players aware what they can do and they can't do. Um, and when they, as I said, when they drive home after training, you have then got to put 100% trust in your players to do the right thing. Now, mm. what Nathan Patterson and the other four players done, it was, I says it, Paul, when the news broke, um, silly, because they had seen what Edmondson and, and Jones had, had done. Um, but listening to the manager, I don't think it's in the same sort of circumstances or worse circumstances than Jones and Edmondson. I think that's where the, the manager's... Um, making his point and I think that's the, the couple of things that they're going to go to the SFA that's why they've obviously went against um, the, the Barney is it six games seven games yeah. which I think is a bit harsh but listen we need to wait and see what the feedback is is uh, what Rangers are, are going to the SFA with two of them would be suspended Mark it's difficult we can't talk too much about it but you hear Stephen Gerrard saying it's different from what happened with the other two early in the yeah. season and in the Aberdeen case as, as I remember Craig they went for a meal uh, just after the defeat to Rangers opening day of the season and it wasn't a nightclub or whatever but the Aberdeen yeah. players they, they, there were too many of them um, you know, nobody wants to see people getting into trouble what's the difference what's the nuance Mark can you tell us can no, we say much no, I mean the, the nuance will be in the in the evidence uh, the, the small print if mm-hmm. you like and that's what Rangers are going to go back and, and, and highlight and it won't be Stephen Gerrard sitting in front of the SFA it'll be a legal team mm-hmm. um, it's happening in these cases so it's up to them to drive as Craig pointed out himself you know because Nathan Patterson's a talented young boy potentially on the verge of, of, of being uh, in the Euro squad for, with, with Steve Clark does that mean he should get preferential treatment no it shouldn't not in the eyes of the of the SFA and you can understand um, why going back to the Aberdeen guys I'm not making excuses for them it was a kind of first time they said they, they weren't quite sure of the rules of the bubble and different so you, you can sort of make allowances um, a wee bit there from a footballing point of view you don't want to see Nathan Patterson or any of the boys serving uh, a band you want to see them enjoying their football and, and, and getting out there and uh, you know they've been remorseful um, Paul but that said the SFA disciplinary panel I've still got a job to do Liam uh, we're going to move on to line two. Craig, thanks very much for that call. Uh, more calls coming in. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Let's go to Cammy now, a Rangers fan on the line. Good evening, Cammy. Good evening, how you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. You? Yeah, very well. So what are you thinking uh, about Rangers? I think you want to think about Champions League. Yeah, it's just Stephen Gerrard always talks about improving and progress and what key areas. I just wanted to ask what key areas of the team do the panel feel Rangers have to strengthen in order to keep improving and how realistically can the club be looking at considering the financial constraints 
against the cream of Europe? Good question. Barry Ferguson? I, I think always when you're obviously on top form, when you're um, at the top of the tree, I think the best time to always strengthen is when you're on top. And I, I've made it clear plenty of times on here, Paul. I know for a fact that the, the manager is wanting to go on strengthening. He doesn't want to lose anybody. And it, it comes down to finances. If somebody comes in with a crazy offer, they're going to have to accept it. But I know that it needs to be a crazy offer. Um, and I know the manager will want to keep his best players, i.e., Morelos, Kent, mm-hmm. Golson. You can go on. There's a, a number Barisic, Kamara, all these sort of guys. Um, but I know that he wants to keep them and he wants to add to the squad and he wants to continue to build and the best time to build is when you're on top so if somebody comes in with an offer where they need to sit down and seriously consider it that's normal that, that finances will um, do the talking but I know that the manager is definitely going to try and strengthen and bring in two or three players to make Rangers even better than they were this season Mark will you find out where in the team if they keep every, just say no, I, I think it's all yeah. round in terms of you always look to strengthen uh, yeah. one defender one midfielder yeah. one up top yeah, I, I think if you look at Rangers as a team and a squad as a whole I think they're strong everywhere mm-hmm. but I do know that he does want to go and strengthen you always look to keep on improving and I think that's what the manager's going to do Mark I think the key will be the, the, the players that Rangers might sell and then they'll, they'll, they'll know you know so um, look that that's where conflict happens Paul between a manager and a chairman stroke chief executive because the manager of course he wants to keep his best players but at some point Rangers have to balance the books they have to put their business model into practice which has, has been the same as Celtics the past 15 years buy, buy cheap and, and, and capitalise when you get big money for them and as I've said in this show many times when you buy Alfredo Morelos for a million quid and somebody then comes in and offers you 16, 17, 18 it's a no-brainer you've got to take it now they didn't take it last summer because mm-hmm. they were hell-bent and one in 55 stopping 10 in a row whatever you want to look at it and they really backed the manager but you can't continue to 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 do that otherwise you'll end up financially ruined mm-hmm. it's just impossible to keep working that way to that model unless so, you do so well in the Champions League that you get yeah uh, and you get big th- investment yeah. but, but um, the other point as well is that the players will, will, will like treble their money so let's say they're, they're, they're earning a million quid a year at Rangers. When that move comes, you're talking about going to about two and a half to three million pounds. And what you do, what you do, is keep an unhappy player. Um, either. So there's lots of different things to take into the mix. Um, but from a, a financial point of view, um, when bids come in, and uh, at some point you have to take them. Rangers haven't taken them in the past because they, they concentrated and won the league. But now that they've won the league, you, you might see a wee bit of a change. And I wouldn't criticise the club for that because it's the right thing to do long yeah, term they, they, they did speak in the AGM about that if they will need to look to sell one or two assets but it needs to be the right money mm-hmm. um, I think they'll try and keep the squad together this is my honest opinion they'll try and get through the qualifiers of the Champions League mm-hmm. and get that money then maybe say to some of the players look get us there and then if you want to try and get that move because there is going to be interest yeah, that's, that's what and happened with you 2003 yep. you got through the, the Copenhagen in Copenhagen, Denmark that's it. and then you were sold a few days later to Blackburn yep. that's what I think may happen because um, it's worth what is it £30 million could uh, be getting yep. into I the mean, group listen, stages Barry wasn't daft so he hung about got the Champions League qualification Boris <laughs> <laughs> then nicked then it even and the club at £6 million quid for you, everybody was yep. a winner Cammy, what do you feel about this? I think for me, you always want to strengthen the heart. 
part of the side, a centre defender, midfielder, a centre forward. Just concerned if we enter the Champions League, we could be found wanting at the back. Ideally, a Steven Gerrard type of midfielder, although I recognise that would be way out of our budget and mm-hmm. someone who's a proven goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I can see the point in that. I know it's, it'll be hard to upgrade in Alfredo Morelos, but I can see the point in a, a right good number nine and potentially, if it's, if it's possible, a real top partner for Goldson. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, Barry? Is that is that is that asking for yeah, too much? Uh, see if I'm being honest, I think Balogun and Hollander have done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um I know Edmison's out in loan. Katic is, is still to come back from his injury. Do I still think we, we could improve in that department? Yep, I do. I think Golson's been excellent this season. I think he's clearly his number one centre back to get a partner alongside him. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he goes and tries um, to bring somebody in, somebody in the central midfield area as well. Um, what Cammy just mentioned there, and also look, the spotlight's on Morelos. He's obviously been in excellent form the last four six weeks. Will he move? There's a real possibility that somebody might come in for Morelos. So I think the manager will be looking to bring in somebody or identifying somebody in case that does happen. Cammy, what's the fee for Morellas that you would say, okay, I understand that they had to take that money? I'd probably say about £20 million, to, to be honest. I think that's the fee that Rangers wanted um, last summer with Leo when they agreed yep. terms, but I don't think Leo were, were willing to pay it at the time. But I think now he's proven himself, especially in the last few weeks, he's really came to form. And I think £20 million, and I, think I heard you say earlier, we got him in for a million, so £20 million would be a great... What about Ryan Kent? What do you think? Because Leeds were in for him at the start of the season, but he and Rangers said he's going nowhere. How much? What do you think? You having a think? Probably. Probably about the same. That's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go about the same. 20 million pounds. And Barry in England, that's not that much money, is it? You know, it's not. You look at the money, for instance, uh, Watkins at Aston Villa, Mm -hmm. they went to Brentford and paid 30 million plus. Mm -hmm. Um, so in terms of down in England, twenty twenty million pound is not a lot of money. With squad the, player money, yep, yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly. You took your words out of my mouth. Squad players come in for twenty million pound. Um, I, I I think you've got to be looking at that for Morelos uh, and and Kent upwards of fifteen million pound. Yeah, Cammy, could you have believed that you would have the season that you're enjoying at the moment? And are you? How do you feel about the double? Yeah, I think that I think the double is realistic. I think Rangers could do it. I didn't expect to get Celtic this early in the competition, mm-hmm. only the fourth round. But to get them at Ibrox is very ideal. I'm just worried about um, going in six. I think over the last two games against Celtic, Celtic have probably been the better side and definitely deserve to win one of them. So that's a worry going into it. But the season overall has been amazing, and we're still undefeated. Who's your player of the season? Uh, Alan McGregor for yeah. me. I think he's been top but I don't think you can't really argue people say James Tavernier Dawson but McGregor for me Yep, I think there's a growing uh, movement for him Mark you're a member of the Distinguished Scottish Football Writers Association former president um, so what do you, you think McGregor, McGregor for me yeah, yeah McGregor for me but I would go 51-49 McGregor just just over Tavernier I think maybe you know, Tavernier's maybe suffered a wee bit because he's mm. been injured the past few weeks and he's kind of that almost kind of out of sight 
out of mind but when you look at his contribution the first seven mm-hmm. eight months of the season I'll never forget that goal at Tannadice and okay Rangers were always going to win the league even at that stage but that was a winning goal You know, that, mm-hmm. that was a massive uh, goal at that stage of the season it was something at La Liga uh, the way he put it away his goals his assists this time last year I don't know if Cammy was one of them but Rangers fans were questioning whether he was the right man to be captain mm-hmm. of the club if he had the right mentality the, the, the right leadership skills so I think he's bounced back uh, superbly well but I, w- I would still just give it to, to McGregor do, do you know what I like about Tavernier Mark uh, you're right 18 months ago he was getting criticised he, he never had he always made himself available to play and I think this season he's took his game up a, a notch or two um, he's been a real leader and I'm absolutely delighted because sometimes it's easy just to go and, and hide. He's not. He's always faced the music. And I think up until he got injured, his performances were, were at a top level. I mean, the amount of goals, the amount of assists he brought. And as I said, I think he's come on leaps and bounds in, in terms of leading from uh, from the front. Mm. He's became um, a proper captain and he deserves um, all the accolades he's, he's had this year. Just disappointing he's got injured. Um, but hopefully he'll be back in the next. It looks to me if he's going to be back in the next week or two, he's back on the training ground. So hopefully for him, he gets back in before the season finishes. And Cammy, hopefully you get uh, Ryan Jack back as well. Barry was telling yes. us on Friday, and he's going to London. You know, the news came out from Rangers. Uh, Gary McAllister was talking about it. he's going down there for surgery. We hope that is successful. It, that, that's a worry. Yeah. I mentioned on Friday. Uh, uh, Again, uh, he's became a big player for Rangers. Yep. It's just worrying that the amount of injuries that he's picked over the last picked up, sorry, over the last couple of months. So listen, he's gone down to the right place. Hopefully, they identify the problem and they get the problem sorted. Not just for Rangers, but for Scotland as well. We we need him in the Euro squad. So you had a four-goal victory against uh, Cove Rangers. No surprise there, Cammy and Rangers. Uh, the women's team six-nil against Hearts and Celtic lost to Glasgow City. So if you're a Rangers fan, it's been a good weekend for you. Yeah, very much so. Um, I'd like to see Rangers maybe put a few more away against Cove yesterday. I think they could add a few more goals, but a win's a win. That's what the manager said as well. Thanks very much, Cammy. Thanks for calling Go Radio. Cheers. Speak to you again. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. It's not Sean Batty, oh, it's Mark Greedy. It's always Sean. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I just about to say, do you go to the same hairdressers as Sean Batty? <laughs> Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson, Mark Greedy. Yet the hairdressers have opened again, Barry. Not yeah, that you need to worry. No, but, yeah. I'm in tomorrow, yeah. half nine. Oh, are you? Huh? Tomorrow, okay. half yeah. nine. Yep. Yep. Mark? <laughs> Where's the bell? Oh, the Turkish barbers, Paul. I love the yes. Turkish barber. Yep. Get the old hot towel on the heat <laughs> and just let them rasp me with a razor. Oh, Great I to see us getting back to some normality thanks to everyone and the services who've looked after so many people for so many months hopefully take it easy still wash your hands hot water keep the distance but let's get back out there bit by bit try and get back to normal and hopefully the fans will be back we see that the Carabao Cup final is going to be 8,000 there yeah brilliant as I keep saying Paul um, football's nothing without the fans so it's great to see that they're going to have 8,000 in Um, so that gives gives us hope Hopefully for our um, National Cup final, the Scottish yeah. Cup final. Hopefully we could get fans in, and then obviously with the the, the national team playing at Hamden, hopefully we can get eight or ten thousand. Because you know what, I'll make a difference. The players have done ever so well this season, playing in front of empty empty stadiums. Um, so hopefully in the next month or so we'll, we'll see fans getting through the door and getting in and creating a bit of atmosphere. Because I, I think back to the 
the Scotland and Israel game they only mm. had 5,000 fans in but they created a good atmosphere mm. it was um, it was great to see so hopefully in time we'll get them back for our cup final and for the national team playing in the, the, Euro, quali- uh, the Euro qualifiers I was going to say the, <laughs> the, the group stage were there in the championship this afternoon 3-0 win for Sheffield Wednesday Everton Crystal Palace 0-0 at the moment Mark we saw Roy Hodgson just beforehand I know he'll be going from Crystal Palace the reason I'm mentioning that is because speculation that they want him we said this last week that they want uh, Eddie Howe potentially yeah. to go there to Selhurst Park uh, Roy Hodgson probably will be going at the end of the season but Celtic still waiting to hear back from Eddie Howe Yeah I mean I think it's it's a certainty that Roy Hodgson will part company with, with Crystal Palace first of all for, I think it was superb you know the job since he, he took over from uh, from Frank De Boer been really really good really stabilised the club but I think they're looking to move on to a, a, a kind of younger uh, a younger version of, of, of Roy Hodgson a bright young English manager Eddie Howe falls into the category as does Sean Dyche, as does Frank Lampard, as does Stephen Gerrard, uh, for that matter. So there'll be a change of manager. And as I said on Friday night, Paul, just it was almost as if for me that, that there's perhaps there was a leak coming from the, the Eddie Howe camp in terms of the, the situation at Celtic. And it was almost like a last stroll. If you want me, uh, you've got three or four days to, to, to show your hand. And I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Roy Hodgson stuff Crystal Palace stuff has, has broken today mm-hmm. I just look at both clubs Crystal Palace and Celtic I think it's a no-brainer um, I understand Crystal Palace are in the best league in the world um, but in terms of if you want an opportunity to go and try and win trophies play in Europe 60,000 stadium there's only one choice if I was Eddie Howe but again does he want to remain down there I know south of London Um He's down in Bournemouth, not far a, a journey, obviously, with need up sticks and, and move up to Scotland. So that's a decision he, he'll need to make in the next day or two because Celtic fans are, are desperate to know who's going to be taking over and what way their club's going forward. And look at the time going on. It's the 5th of April, so uh, new tax year, Mark. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's also uh, for Celtic fans, the time is going on. Let's hear from John Kennedy. Three-goal victory on Saturday against Falkirk. And he was speaking about James Forrest. Absolutely delighted. Again, I've said that he's ultimate professional, looks after his body, and he's had a tough time yeah. this season in terms of from his injury. So it was great to have him back. It was nice to have him off the bench the last couple of games, but to get him out there and starting. And in the end, he started to show what he's all about. A couple of flashes of the first half, but I thought second half, especially a couple of moments, it was James Forrest, you know, that elimination, that threat going in the goal, and he's probably a bit frustrated and score a second with the chance he had. But delighted he got on the score sheet, delighted they got the minutes in his legs, and that'll be good for the, the squad moving forward. It's also young Anna's 14th birthday, my granddaughter. So today, 5th of uh, April, so Anna out there in Hamilton tuned no, yeah. in. I doubt Happy she is tuned in, is she? In her birthday. Oh, she will be. Sometimes some of them call me granddad, some papa. That's a long story. Right, but let's go. <laughs> Not as long as your story on Friday night, which was, remember, we're trying to get these scores uh, from you. You took us via the Dramokter Pass. The snow continues in Glasgow just now. It's that hailstones at the moment. Oh, Bizarre. It's, getting, it's four but, seasons in one day. Yep. The draw for the Cup, Aberdeen against Livy. Forford, Dundee United. Kilmarnock against Montrose. Motherwell against Morton. Rangers Celtic, of course, in 12 days' time. St Johnson against Clyde. St Mirren against Inverness, Cali Thistle. And Stranar against Queen of the South or Hibs. And we will go to Palmerston in about 10 minutes to speak to Rob McLean. Let's go to a Rangers fan now on the line. It's Lewis. Lewis, good evening. Good evening, how are you? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? You're thinking about the, the cup and you're looking forward to it, Rangers Celtic? 
yeah, it's an old storm in the season. It gives it more, uh, the season a wee bit more excitement with the league already done, so it gives us something else to fight for against Celtic. So nothing better is there than an old firm. Well, we like Barry was saying on Friday, it's the best derby in the world. Well, you were saying they're the 100%, two biggest. Yeah. There's, there's no argument, no argument whatsoever. Yep. It's the biggest game. Um, as I said, I was lucky enough to play in so many. Mm-hmm. And when I went down to England, the first thing when I walked through dressing room doors was guys were, were saying to me, get us up to an old fun game. Uh-huh. Yep, and I just, I never actually, I just watched the start of the game and I turned around and had a look at them and they were in awe mm-hmm. of the atmosphere. What was it, was it, did you ever play in a Blackburn Akron and Stanley derby? No, did you ever? <laughs> no, Blackburn and Burnley. Is that the big one? Yeah, and then I yeah. obviously played Birmingham City, Aston Villa. Yeah, Aston and Villa. I, I was hearing, listen, oh, the, the mm. atmosphere and whatever, it's it's uh, really vicious and whatever. Mm. Doesn't, nowhere near. No, the Blues versus Villa. No. Nowhere near it. No. Listen, good derby to play yeah. in, but Rangers and Celtic, mm. um, full house at Ibrox, nothing beats it. Mm-hmm. Lewis what are you thinking for the match itself any worries at all you've only lost two goals all season at home at Ibrox and it was your goalkeeper probably that saved you well not probably dead on January the 2nd I mean it's probably a good thing that we're, we're, we're uh, so good defend, uh, defensively this season because then it gives like even if we do have like chances against us then we came in anyway we're going to get chances to attack because we're Unbelievable attacking anyway. So mm-hmm. the main point for this season is to strengthen the defensive side of it. Like, and we've done that. We've conceded what two goals at him this season yep. in the league. Yep. That's just unbelievable stats, isn't it? Two games in all domestic competition this season. Anything you want to ask, Barry? I was just by um, the game yesterday. I thought Scott Wright was unbelievable. But Mama in the match was Nathan Patterson. I thought he'd done a brilliant job defending, and that goal that he scored I just thought for a young boy 19 year old the same age as me he was just so switched on he didn't have to defend his feet and then just for a right back to split a pass a keeper like that it's kind of unbelievable yeah listen I thought it was a great goal he anticipated the mistake from the Cove Rangers player and he stepped onto it and um, outside of the right foot into the the bottom the bottom corner I, I really like him look I it's about time we've seen a, a young player progress through the system at Rangers. They've been crying out for it for a, a number of years. I don't see enough of that. Rangers have not produced enough young players for me, but certainly there's no doubt in my mind if this guy keeps his head down, keeps working, keeps his feet on the ground, we've got a real top right back in the making at Rangers. I, th- I think that's a great point that, mm. that Barry makes. As you, The Rangers fans... You want to identify with your own, and and you know Rangers thought they they had one two or three years ago in Billy Gilmore, and, and he decided to go down to Chelsea. So Nathan Patterson looks every bit the part, albeit in a different uh, position. But yeah, the Rangers academy, there's millions of pounds spent on it, and there's not been enough. There's not been enough players um, coming through, and that's something that the club um, need to address. You know, for a club that Rangers with, with the facilities that they've got, the scouting network that they've got. There should be at least three three homegrown um, players in, in in the team in the first team um, every week. So hopefully Nathan Patterson can be the start of it, and he can be the poster boy mm. moving forward for the next mm. five years for the 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 boys that are 14, 15, 16, 17 there just now to show there is a pathway into the first team. What would you say about your manager, Lewis? Uh, he's done a brilliant job anyway. Um, just he brought that winning mentality, Rangers, didn't he? That was the biggest thing that like. 
him coming to Rangers with the, the mentality is he wants to win every game, and that's what Rangers and Celtic are about. So every game you hate to win. So the winning mentality was the biggest thing, and he brought experience. He brought Gary McAllister, and he brought probably one of the best coaches in the country, Michael Beale. Mm-hmm. And then his other SA staff, he got to bring in, what was it, 15 staff I was hearing that he brought in at the start of the thing. So that's probably helped him as well, came next to the same people behind him. So I just think all around it was a good. It's been a long time to win a trophy three years under him, but this year it just proves it's all worth it. And hard to believe, 13 months ago, Barry, after the, was it the Hearts result or the Hamilton, he said, I, I need to think about it. I need to think. He yeah, you, you yeah. just look at the last season, the, the way it finished, it was great up to Celtic Park. They went and get the victory. They go away in the winter break and they come back and it, it just went wayward for, for some reason. Um and you could you, you could see him doing the interviews before COVID struck. He, he just he wasn't sure what was going on. Um, but one thing about him is he's went away and and clearly had a long hard think. Spoke to his staff. The board have gave him the backing to go and and um, identify players and bring them in. And you've got to give him all the credit um, this season. There's, there's no doubt he's he's learnt from his mistakes in the second season. Um, there's no doubt about that and he's built a real competitive strong squad and he'll look to try and continue that there's no doubt about it but it's it's clear that I, I really enjoy listening to him he's very honest and open I like the way he interviews as well he speaks he speaks the truth if Rangers have not played well he's no shy of coming out and telling them um, I've seen it a couple of times um, if you look back in the, the Hamilton Ackies game at New Douglas Park about four or five weeks ago when he left Ryan Jack and Stephen Davis out he admitted to making that mistake and he won't make that same mistake um, again so real honesty um, from him and he's he's done what no Rangers manager's done for a long long time and that was bring a bit of success back to Rangers this season and he's done it and hopefully he can go on and do the double now the the, the key thing that I think he's got right you see and you're right he is honest I love listening to him as well but see when he needs to leave a bit on the players yep. he does it but they don't fall out with him mm. they respect what he's saying so therefore he can call one or two out in public and rightly so because I think there's not enough of that in the game but whatever happens behind closed doors he still keeps him on side and that, that's the key to being being successful as well mm-hmm. and the, the thing is when you've got a competitive squad you, I think you'll agree with me one of Rangers' strengths this season if you look at the starting eleven. And then you look at the bench, there's guys that can come on and, and it doesn't make much of a difference. So trying to keep the guys happy as well, he's created a real good atmosphere about the place because when you've got 20, 21 players and trying to keep all them happy, it's hard. I've been in squads where you can see guys not getting a game, their heads start to go down, they can um, they can spit the dummy out at times, but he's managed to keep them all together this year. Some of them have not played as much as they would have liked, but that's for me, that's good man management. And as I said, I've been really impressed um, in his third season, first two seasons, trophyless. He knew the pressure was on him this year. He's no shied away from it, and he's went and delivered. Mark, he's not going anywhere just now, is he? And uh, obviously, Liverpool winning at the weekend, so they're beginning now to you know, chase down that Europe, mm-hmm. the Champions League position. And I know it's really early, but if things had continued to go badly wrong at Liverpool maybe Klopp might have said you know what I'm going to do go for a different challenge but Rangers fans must be a bit relieved that Klopp's back winning again with Liverpool Yeah I mean I, I, I think Stephen Gerrard will be there for, for one more year 
I think he does fancy a, a crack at the, the, the Champions League. I think he'll want to go and show that um, whoever Celtic bring in as a new manager that he'll have the measure of them and can go and retain the title. And then I think four years, you, you think back to, to Walter Smith's second time, you think of Gordon Strachan uh, and the fact that Stephen Gerrard's family's not up here, you know, he, he's commuting. I think four years have been more than enough and I think that would have been ample sales. So I, I think this time next year it would probably be now whether that's to Liverpool or somewhere else or he takes a break he just goes and takes a, a break I wouldn't be um, surprised but he knew he had to win the league this season Paul had, had Rangers not won the league then you know he would have lost his job for sure just like if Celtic didn't win the league Neil Lennon was going to lose his job and that's exactly uh, what happened but Stephen Gerrard has been absolutely first class uh, this season and the key thing to it as well I think Barry, Barry highlighted he's learned from his mistakes and he's corrected them and he's not repeated them and that's a sign of a top manager. Martin makes a good, a, a great point. In fact, I was going to mention it. I think it's key for him to stay and try and retain it mm-hmm. next year. I think it's very hard to win a league title. It's even harder to retain it. And I think he knows that he needs to stay about. Look, he's got the, the Champions League qualifiers to look forward to, but the hardest thing for Rangers next year is to make sure that they retain the league title and I think if he goes and does that then his stock becomes even higher and then I think it's four years he's won trophies he's he's ready because I think everybody's realistic that he is at some stage going to move there's no doubt about it um, but I think he's he, he'll be definitely about for next season there's no doubt in my mind about that Lewis we really appreciate your call thanks for calling Go Radio Yep, thank you. Cheers, Lewis. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Still quiet on the roads at the end as we come to the end of the holiday Monday. And there is still some snow. It's hailstones now, Barry, would you believe, in Glasgow City Centre, but it's not causing any problem whatsoever. Uh, if only Rob was on tonight <laughs> doing the traffic and travel. He's going to be on in a moment. We're going to Dumfries next. Chris will be back tomorrow night with the traffic and travel. Rob, good evening. That was uh, that was great to hear you doing the travel. Any news about the roads around Palmerston? Yeah, well, we're, we're going live to the Voice of Football. You were everywhere at the weekend, Rob. We uh, heard you doing Dumbarton against Aberdeen. I know you popped up uh, at loads of the games. No big shocks at the weekend, but uh, do you think there'll be anything tonight? Barry's here, Mark's here, and uh, you've clocked up a few miles, haven't you, this weekend? Yeah, I have, Paul. Um, yeah, I, I watched the the, the Martin Aberdeen game. I heard you talking about it earlier on. It was uh, Aberdeen were again uh, pretty dreadful. Dumbarton did really well. Not greatly surprising with Jim Duffy, wily old Jim Duffy in, mm. in charge. Uh, they got there in the end, but uh, they're they're going to need to be a whole lot better in the next round. I mean, they've got a home draw. They've got two home draws prospectively if they can get through the first one, but they'll need to be playing a whole lot better. So. I guess their hope will be that Stephen Glass um, is going to give them a, a lift because they're they're badly in need of, of something, that's for sure. Um, but, I mean, I'm at, I'm at uh, Queen of the South Hibs tonight and, you know, you would have to think Hibs probably are second favourites maybe at the moment for the, for the Scottish Cup on the basis that one of Rangers and Celtic are going to go out in the next round. So, um, you know, it does, it does open it up, doesn't it? You know, you, you immediately think that the route to the final is much more open than it was. So if Hibs can keep on doing what they're doing, they're obviously strong favourites to finish third in the Premiership. 
Uh, and that's a really good position to be in, obviously, with all the European benefits that follow. Um, you know, and, and, and they would be a decent outside bet. Apart from Rangers, you know, I think at the moment they would be expected to beat Celtic. Uh, and maybe Hibs have got their eyes on the final. But, but I think uh, Barry and, and Mark, I mean, this is, this is a tough one tonight because I was just looking at Queen of the South's form and they, they won two of their first 13 games. The next 14, they've won nine. So, you know, that, since the end of last year, their form has gone absolutely through the roof. They've got Stephen Dobie back in the team. Connor Shields is their star man in terms of scoring goals at the moment. Uh, and I would imagine, Barry, this is, this is, a, this is a match that could have uh, trouble written all over it for Hibs. Yep, I, I agree with you. You can down to the artificial surface as well. Um, I think Alan Johnson, as you said... I think I, I was worried for them at the start of the season, Rob. You just mentioned the sort of form they were on. Um, couldn't buy a one since the turn of Christmas. They've picked up and Stephen Dobie was missing for large parts of that. And the, the boy you yeah. just mentioned there, Connor Shields, I, I watched him in a couple of games and I, I was really impressed with him. He's one player that certainly stood out. But getting Stephen Dobie back, Rob's massive. Um, the experience he brings, the level he's played at. And he he could become a, a, a big important player tonight because it's going to be a tough one for Hibs. I don't think this is going yeah. to be easy. No. No, I mean, the great, the great thing for Queen of the South is that they can play the same team that beat Hearts uh, two Saturdays ago at Tynecastle. I mean, that was, that was a terrible result for Hearts. But, you know, it just kept this run going for Queen of the South. So, so it's the same team. Uh, it's virtually the same Hibs team as well tonight that uh, drew at Livingston and that they played two weeks ago um, it's just a change of goalkeeper tonight there's no Marciano and Matt Macy uh, plays in goal but any time I've seen him he's looked uh, uh, pretty solid for them um, but it's a, it's a massive opportunity Mark isn't it for, for Hibs uh, tonight if they can get through this one uh, to think about going all the way to the final really Yeah you're, you're right obviously Hibs last won the Cup 2016 under uh, Alan Stubbs and they will definitely see a pathway to, uh, back to Hamden for May the 22nd um, Rob of that there's there's no doubt uh, you're right the change that Macy's a, a more than capable um, goalkeeper and I would expect Hibs to have too much that said Alan Johnston um, you couldn't rule them out he has worked wonders there in the past few months great result at Tynecastle a couple of weeks ago boys at Willie Gibson in, in, in top form as well uh, in the middle of the park so um, I think Hibs will, will sneak through but I think it could be a, a tight one it could be a 2-1 Rob Rob can I ask you about uh, Brian Rice at the weekend and he went in a bit of a rant then he checked himself and I think he went on again can you identify with what he was saying that people often just ignore Hamilton and say oh it doesn't really matter um, oh, I'm, I'm not sure I mean I, I saw the highlights of that game and, and they missed an absolute sitter in the game. And mm. I, I just think when, when, when you don't do the business yourself, uh, it's kind of difficult to, to blame the referee. Uh, you know, and, and it's probably just an accumulation of things and the pressure mounting over the course of the season. But in that game, when they were 1-0 down, I uh, don't know if you saw it, but it was a, a cross ball from Ross Callaghan and it was David Moyo right in front of goals. Yep. I mean, he had to be scoring yep. and he headed it over, over the top. Now, that, w- that would have been 1-1. That, I think at that point, that could have been a completely different game. Uh, so they could actually have sorted it themselves and not left it anything to do with, with refereeing decisions, to be honest. I, I, I get the frustration, though. And I mean, you know, Ian McCall 
is a massively frustrated manager as well because if you saw that winning goal for Dundee United and the push by Nicky Clark, which preceded it, I mean, and the ref was about five yards away. Um, you know, these are massive decisions uh, that, that have, you know, huge implications. Rob, going away for football, when you booked in for a haircut, I was on me a couple of weeks ago, your barnet looked a bit I long. Oh, well, well, I should, well, I'll let I let my missus loose uh, about a week or ten days ago oh, with right. the kitchen scissors, pardon, pardon. Uh, and and and, it, and uh, she had a hack at it basically. But no, I'm I'm trying to get booked in, Barry. So any Good any man. doors you can open for me, uh, no, I definitely need to to lose some of the thatch. Oh, you yeah. going for a wee rinse, Rob? Are you just sticking with all that shit <laughs> No, no, mate. I'm, I'm like you, Mark. I'm sticking with what's actually there or what's not there, even. I thought oh. I was going to get a cutting edge question there from the Rome, former Rangers, Scotland, Blackburn Rovers. No, uh, I, I yeah. noticed a couple yeah. of weeks when I was on Rob. He was like myself no, getting you're a bit right. long. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm saying, well, he, he, misses, he has got a lovely head of hair. He misses Rob. nothing. He misses nada. Barry, do you feel, can I bring it back to that for Hamilton and, and for uh, Thistle at the weekend as well? But I take Rob's point, especially for Rackers, they were beaten 3-0. They had such a great chance to get that goal. Um, maybe yeah, not. I just think Brian Rice is, is frustrated. Listen, I agree with Rob. I watched the highlights. He, he's got to score that. There's no doubt. Yep. Um, just listen, he'll be disappointed getting out the cup. He's, he'll be under a bit of pressure, obviously. He's in a three-way relegation battle now um, with Kilmarnock and Ross County. So the, the pressure's now on Brian Rice and Hamilton to keep him up but you know Hamilton over the last six, seven years have always escaped relegation they've got that experience but I was going to ask Rob a quick question about Aberdeen about Stephen Glass Rob, I watched the game you and uh, Fadi yeah. obviously commentating I think yeah. he's got a massive job in his hands Stephen Glass yeah, I agree I agree yeah, I mean you just look at confidence draining out of players I mean mm-hmm. it's already been happening and it, it just continues you look at uh, Johnny Hayes, Niall McGinn, two real quality players. Look what Niall McGinn is still doing at international level as well. Uh, Johnny Hayes, th- they are delivering a really low percentage, I think, of what they're capable at the moment. Uh, and, and right through the team, I mean, you know, Lewis is not uh, averse to criticism either. I mean, he had a great header, which produced a great save, and, and maybe it was a different game if that goes in. But but he's not performing near his best. Ross McCrory, not the player he was when he first came in the team. You, you, could, you could basically rhyme off most of that team and say they're not really delivering what they're capable of at the moment. Uh, and that's, that's after Derek McInnes has been got rid of as well. So it continues. And, you know, he can't, he's not going to just wave a magic wand, Stephen Glass. So, um, because Aberdeen are, are one of those teams as well, potentially, that would have a chance of going to the final with Rangers and Celtic meeting in the next round but but no way based on current form Rob see just on Stephen Glass uh, in the dugout for the first time a week on Saturday against Livingston in the cup is that right it's too soon to be in the dugout at McDermott on Saturday is that right Rob I think I think I think that's right Um, I think it was I think it's I think it was 10 days uh, of quarantine was the plan so yeah, it, it could be it could be that game at home to Livingston, and what a finish to the season it could be for Aberdeen potentially. But you know, if you're looking for hard evidence at the moment of a team that can go to the Scottish Cup final, it's just it's just not there. I mean, they 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 scraped it again uh, as they did a year ago or over a year ago in the Scottish Cup against Dumbarton last season. 
uh, you know, it just it just took a third minute winner, and they'd all those chances. Uh, and it's it's just a you know, you just you look at the body language, and yeah. and it tells a story at Aberdeen at the moment. I think. Good point, Rob. I know you're going back on to cover the game. What's your prediction tonight, Queen of the South, against Hibs? I fancy a shock. I fancy uh, Queen of the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Hearts mm-hmm. two uh, two Saturdays ago, mm-hmm. and I think they might complete a capital double tonight. Um, I, I, I like the look of, of their team, Dobie and Shields. They definitely have uh, cutting edge up front. Um, Hibs will have to have their attitude spot on here tonight on the artificial surface, as we've been saying. Uh, I'm going to go Queen's 2-1. And Rob will hear you tomorrow evening on Go Radio with Stephen Cragen and John Hartson tomorrow at 5. Yep, birthday boy John Hartson today. Oh. So, uh, yeah, it's the two of them uh, tomorrow night. So, good talking to you. You too. Thanks, Rob. What do you reckon, Rob. Barry, tonight? He's going I agree with Rob. I, I think there could yeah. be a, an upset. The, the form that oh. Queen of the South have, have been on over the last couple of months, um, they were relegation favourites. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were struggling at the bottom of that league. Um, but fair play to Alan Johnson and Sandy Clark. The boy Connor Shields, as I mentioned, um, real impressed with him. I've seen Queen's three or four times. And Dobbs, listen, I know all about Dobbs. I played with Dobbs mm-hmm. down, down at Blackpool. Um I know he's getting on a bit, but he's still got fantastic ability and he can win you games. So I, I think Hibs will go down there and find it tough on the surface as well. So I'm going to go for an upset. And for an upset that they'll lose. They'll go out the cup yep, tonight. Yeah, yep. Mark Woody. It, no, I think Hibs will nick it 2-1. Um, but just looking at it, as Rob said, potentially two two home ties um, for Aberdeen. The cup. I, I think Aberdeen will get to the semi-finals. I think St Mirren will get to the semi-final mm-hmm. and I think Kilmarnock will get to the semi-final so there's three or ah. four semi-finalists and then obviously the other one will come from either Rangers, Celtic St Johnson or Clyde Later in the week we'll talk about the league and the last five games and who is going to go down but that's interesting Yeah, uh, Barry for you final thoughts then in Rangers and Scott Wright man of the match and he is one to Stephen Gretsch yeah, glad he got him in early Yeah it w- it was, I was interested sorry to, to read an interview um, Scott Wright done in terms of when he, he first signed um, he's, they've been telling him to do gym work he's put out put on I think three or four kilos after every training session he's in the gym with a, um, the fitness coach um, so he knows like, ability there's no doubt he's got ability but in terms of the physical side he, he, he's known um, when he's came to Rangers that's something that he had to improve on and I thought listen his performance yesterday I know a lot of people are going to say it's only Cove Rangers but he brings a real spark to the Rangers team when he when he's come in and he's again if he, again when he he's one that if he continues to work hard try and improve every single training session he could become a really good Rangers player and that's the beauty of the January transfer window mm-hmm. Paul it gives boys like like Scott Wright six months to find their feet yep. ahead of the, the, the Champions League uh, qualifier so it's so important that you have a good window in January quick word a worrying moment yesterday when Kieran Tierney went off it was 0-0 at that point Arsenal-Liverpool Liverpool winning 3-0 uh, any news injury, that, 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 that's a worry Paul yep. yeah it's going to be assessed over but uh, we seem to think that he's, he's going to be out for, for two or three weeks at least and uh, Eddie Howe we're still on uh, Celtic manager watch we wonder tomorrow could be a big day but, but no word so far no I think it's uh, I do expect Eddie Howe to be named the manager of, of Celtic um, but there's definitely there's definitely something in the, the, the Crystal Palace thing so the sooner Celtic get it over the line the better but we expect Don Mackay to be announced tomorrow 
And who knows, but maybe within 24 hours he'll unveil the new manager as well. Barry, you'll be listening to Crofty and Gredo tomorrow morning on the way to the hairdressers for half nine, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll catch him. Um, I'll get up around about eight o'clock once I get in the car about nine, ten past nine. I'll listen to Gredo and, and Crofty. Great. Can't wait to get my hair cut. Mark, we'll see you back here on Friday. You, me and Leanne Crichton on Wednesday, Barry. That's it from us. Jokal Day is next. Thanks, James, for everything today. Enjoy the rest of the Easter. We're back tomorrow at five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.